Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. Uh, in today's content episode, uh, we share with you the Grow Coaching Model. And I really decided to launch this episode because I was recently doing some leadership training and the feedback we got from the people where we introduced the Grow Coaching Model to was really strong. So the Grow Coaching Model enables you to dig deep into where somebody wants to go and provides a really straightforward process that you can follow to be a really good leader slash coach. So again, happy listening and would love to hear what you think. Welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian speaks with leaders from around Australia to bring you their leadership story and share their insights about being a leader. To further help you build your leadership capability, Julian shares his own insights about leadership and the tools and techniques he uses as a leader. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. And look, in today's episode, I really want to, uh, I'm inspired actually to really uh, do this episode because just recently I was delivering some leadership training and one of the things we spoke about during that leadership training was the importance of a leader being a coach. And during that session, I introduced uh, a model which I've used a little bit myself, plus I've spoken to a lot of people about, and generally the feedback is really, really good about it, and I find that most people like it, can see the value in it, and I think that leaders as coaches is a really important topic. So today's episode is all about uh, something called the GROW coaching model. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the GROW uh, coaching model, it's pretty straightforward. The G stands for goals. The R stands for reality. The O stands for options. And the W tends to sort of interchangeably stand for will or your way forward. And what I want to do is walk you through this four-step model and just talk as well generally about some, some of the importance of leadership coaching and how you can be a better coach as a leader. So I suppose one of the things I want to start with is the role of a leader coach basically can be described as focusing on developing employees in order to achieve business results rather than micromanaging their every move. And I think in every leader that I've spoken to, no one has ever said they love being micromanaged. So I tend to think that if you can coach them to achieve their results, I think that's a better way forward. And the other thing or the other definition of a, a leader coach, it's about achieving results and excellence through others rather than personally taking care of things. And I think too many times as leaders, we fall into the trap of, I know, I'll do it myself or you know, take me too long to show someone how to do it. And we end up confusing where we are with our own levels of work. And we don't really end up having the time to focus on the high value adding things that we should. For me, I think the, the more you can coach, the better, the better you'll be. So if you do adopt coaching as a leadership style, what it really does is it requires the ability to help others unlock their potential and enhance their own performance. And it's all about supporting people to learn instead of telling them what the answers are. So coaching is all about being transformational, not transactional. And I think too many times we think that leadership is about giving all the answers or even having all the answers. And 
I know that there's some there's a lot of power in being able to work with someone so that they find those answers on their own. And I think that when you can do that, you have a much better long-term result. And I suppose one thing I also want to mention is that the mindset of the manager coach is really about creating an environment that fosters learning and independent thinking. So you can lay down the rules and you can lay down the law and that's fine. But if you really want to encourage your team to to step up and, and be the best they can be, then they need to have that element of independent thinking where they can bring ideas to the table. And so as a leader coach, you don't always want to be seen as a solution provider. You really want to be seen as a facilitator, allowing team members to achieve their results. An analogy I'm using at the moment is about shine the spotlight on your team. Don't worry so much about shining the spotlight on yourself, shine it on your team. And that's really about the philosophy behind that is really about letting them achieve the results. And as a leader, you'll win by default. And coaching is about asking questions. It's not about giving the answers. Uh, one of my mentors, Blair Singer, talks about the quality of the question determines the quality of the answer. And I think that's one of the things which makes the growth model so effective because it guides both you as the coach and the person being coached through a simple and effective process. And I do believe that the true success of a leader can be measured by the success of the people that work for them. Because we know that when leaders adopt a coaching style, productivity, motivation, satisfaction of all their employees increases. And ultimately, this has to have an impact on the bottom line. And I think the bottom line or the commercials or the, or the, or the financials of any business, any team is something where not enough leaders put their focus. So if we can coach people to make better decisions and achieve better results, well, then we're going to have better financial commercial performance. So let's step back a little bit and look at where the Grow coaching model came from. So this guy by the name of John Whitmore, he was the first to publish Grow in his book, Coaching for Performance, in, uh, it was around about 1992. And uh, it's, it's so far, it's sold over a million copies in about 23 languages. So it is universally recognized. And I'd probably have to say that it's one of the most popular coaching models around at the moment. And I think where some people don't fully understand its power is that even though it's a simple framework, what it does do is give you the ability to highlight, elicit and maximize a person's potential. The more conversations you have using this format, the, the more you're going to get out of it. And it becomes very, very good for problem solving, goal setting and allowing people to achieve what they need to achieve at a personal level. So as you go through each of the stages, what it will do is raise the person you're coaching's awareness of a couple of things. First, they'll get really clear on their own aspirations. And that really comes out in the, in, in the goals step, which is the first step, of course. But it's, it's about you know, digging deep and really trying to understand what those goals are and importantly, why they have those goals. It's not about just, uh, here's your goal and I want to achieve it. It's about, you know, why do you have that goal? When you go through the reality stage, you'll really get to see the current situation and beliefs. So where are they right now? And when you get to the options, this is where possibilities and resources come to the front. This is where people are, are faced with, well, this is what I could do. This is where I could go. And I think that the, the will or the way forward, it's really about the actions. What are they going to do? 
So I think one of the things which really came across to me when I was facilitating this the other week was that people really wanted to walk away with a clear set of actions. They wanted to have a very clear focus on what they had to do when they left the room with me. Because one of the things that I often talk about in my, my leadership programs is that it's not important what actually happens in the room. What's important is what they do with the learnings outside of the room. So I think that's why the, the will way forward section is so important in the framework because it does allow them to really uh, walk away with something tangible. And I think that you know when you use the GROW model, it really does promote a deeper awareness and responsibility and encourages people to really think, you know, what do I have to do to be really proactive about this? And I think that the more you run with it, the better you'll get. And there's no reason why you can't continue to run these sessions with the same person being coached and using this as your underlying coaching philosophy. So I'm going to get into, uh, I think, a few questions round about how you can structure it just to give you a bit of a starting point. So when you want to start the, your, your coaching conversation, you do need to set it up so that it's not you know, just a casual conversation in a hallway. This really does need to be a bit of a sit down in, in a quiet location which can promote thinking and, and thought and, and some good conversation. So here's a couple of starting questions for you. What do you want to achieve? Very simple. Uh, it's a great way just to open the conversation. Now, I think it needs to be followed up with a bit more questioning. I think things like, you know, why do you want to achieve that? How have you come to that realisation? And I think by digging deeper, what you're going to do is really encourage that person to take the time to self-reflect and think, okay, you know, why do I want that? Because it's not just the what that's important, it's really much the why. You can also ask them, you know, what will be happening when you've succeeded and how might that feel like, which is really about taking them to the future and trying to get them to imagine what it would be like if they're able to achieve that goal. You can also dig further and say, well, what aspect of this is most important to you? Some people talk about promotions and when they talk about promotions, it could be the title that's important to some people. It could be the salary, which is important to some people. It could be credibility, which is important to some people. So I think it's really important to get them to think about, you know, what is the most important part of the goal to them and, and again, the why behind it. And I think one oldie but goodie tool that you can slot in here is ask them to set some SMART goals. So we use SMART a lot in the training that we deliver because what it does is, again, it provides a framework. So in this case, we're putting a framework within a framework. For those of you that aren't familiar with SMART goals, the SMART stands for specific, the M stands for measurable, the A stands for achievable, the R stands for realistic, and the T stands for time-bound. And there's always a couple of different versions of, of floating around this. But I think one of the things that the SMART goals do is they allow you to really nail down what you're trying to achieve. And I think it's important to recognize that the specific, the measurable, and the time-bound portion of the SMART goals need to be written in. I am going to do this by this date. And what it does is it really just nails it down and it does need to be measurable. 
You know, if you use absenteeism as an example, which is something generally most leaders can relate to, it might be, I want to reduce absenteeism, which is a specific piece, by 10%, which is the measurable piece, by the end of 2018, which is the time-bound piece. And I think then what you ask yourself is, is this achievable and is it realistic? And again, you can answer that. So there's some initial probing questions around the goals for you. Later on, I'm going to come back and, and, and give you some more as well, but I think that's that's enough to get you started. So once you've got some clarity around the goals, and of course you're making good quality notes as you're doing this, is you move them over to the reality. And I think the reason this is so important is because it, it allows people to understand, well, what is the gap between where I am right now and where I want to be? And that gap is where we can focus our attentions and focus the conversation later on in terms of, well, how are we going to bridge that gap? So when it comes to the reality, it could be, you know, what's happening at the moment for you? You know, what's your current role? What's the current salary? Whatever it is, again, your questions will be linked a little bit to the goal section. You might want to ask them, you know, what stops you from moving on? So what has stopped you from moving from where you are now to the goal that you want to achieve? You might want to ask, what have you tried and what was the result? You're doing a little bit of background digging because you really want to understand. And of course, we always like to know, well, what have you learned? What are the lessons? And I think this is one of the things that I've started to introduce a lot more in, in my programs is this idea of, well, what are the lessons that people are actually learning? When we ask them to debrief or we ask them to have conversations or we ask them to do activities, what are the actual lessons? So even this podcast, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learnt for me as the recorder and, and for Ali as the producer of this, but we really want people to think, well, what are the lessons that people are taking away from the interviews? What are the lessons which people are taking away from these content episodes that we're putting together? And I think this said the ability to self-reflect and really understand what the, the lessons are, I think is becoming more and more important in any sort of leadership capability building program. So once you've done your reality, move over to your options. So this is where we start asking, you know, what could you do? And see what they come up with. I find this during the podcast interviews that I do. Sometimes people just by their nature are a lot more articulate about what they want to do or what they see as the options. So you might just ask the first question, someone might go off on a tangent and, and give you a lot of good information. You could always stretch them a little bit further and say, well, what else could you do? And I think, you know, the idea of stretching people during a coaching conversation is an important factor. You could ask them to think about what are the advantages and disadvantages of each option. And then what would you do if you had more time, money, resources? So this is about really asking them to think about what could you do? So imagine, imagine if type scenario, what's possible? If you've been through my programs, you know how keen I am on that particular phrase, this idea of what's possible. So with the options, you know, you can, I think at this point, potentially add in your input here. You, If you've got some clear ideas or some clear experiences, I think there's nothing wrong with asking people, have you thought about and I don't think the phrasing here is particularly important. If you say you could do this, someone might say, yeah, I could. What's most likely going to happen is someone might say, well, yeah, I could, but. And they put that but in front of it. 
So I think your language is really important here. So that's why I have you thought about or you know, can I tell you a quick story and this is what I found in this particular situation. And again, let people come to their own end result in terms of the options and, and about which options they think are right for them. So you finished your options, you move over to the will and the way forward. And so this is where we're getting very specific and we're asking them to say, well, what do you want to do? We've gone through all these options, what are you going to do? Ask them what's the first step, the very first step that you're going to take. So as soon as you finish this coaching conversation, what are you going to go out and do? If you, if you can, you get them to list all the different steps. And then you talk them through when are you actually going to start and finish? So this is, again, trying to tie them down to actually taking action. And whether it be a week later or a day later or whenever it is, asking them to tie themselves down. And then also probe a little bit deeper and, and get them to think about what support do you need and from who? I mean, this is, this is something which as leaders we often don't think about. But we all have a lot of support around us and it's through the people in our teams that allow us to do what we do. So when you're coaching someone, ask what support they need. They might need some support from you. That might just be moral support, might be financial support, might be time support. They might need support from someone else in the business. So again, really try to nail down a clear set of actions at this part of the coaching process. So that's the first sort of run through, I suppose, of the GROW model with some you know, initial starting questions. I'm going to give you some more uh, a little bit later on in the episode, but, but one thing I want to do is also underlay the, the GROW coaching model with uh, some coaching behaviours. And I think these coaching behaviours really need to sit underneath the GROW model and they're not restricted to the model, but they're just more general coaching behaviors and there's eight of these and I really think that they support anyone that's using the grow model or, or any other coaching model. So the first thing I'd like you to think about is the first coaching behavior is the idea of making coaching behaviors part of what you do. So your team are people that need to be controlled or managed. Ensure they understand what you expect of them and then give them the latitude to take some actions and make decisions. Again, this gets back to the whole idea of micromanagement. But if your whole professional career is about making sure every single person does everything exactly the way you say it in the time frame that you tell them to do it, you're not really going to be getting the best out of these people. Essentially, what you're doing is micromanaging and you're not delegating. And again, all you're worrying about is the trivial stuff and the levels of work idea. So whatever level you're of leadership you're at, there's a certain level of work that you should be doing. And if you are constantly micromanaging people, my guess is that you won't be at that level. So make sure your team's clear of your expectations. Make sure you give them trust. Trust is going to be vital if you're going to take on this idea of the leader coach. Because if you can't trust people to do their jobs well, then you've either got the wrong people in the jobs or you've got the right people but you haven't trained them well enough. So I'm really going to ask you to you know, take that idea away and, and think about who have you got in what jobs and how are they performing. Second coaching behaviour I'd like you to think about is this idea of listen, listen, listen. If there's anyone that's unhappy or disgruntled in your business, you can probably imagine that at some stage they've tried to tell you what the problem is and you might not have been listening. 
or your initial reaction made the person think twice about bringing a problem to you. Good listeners are genuinely interested, convey empathy, and really want to find out what's behind the conversation. And I know leaders have lots of pressures, and the pressures come from all different parts. And sometimes it's very easy to be nodding our head and looking at someone and and giving all the signs that we're listening, yet for whatever reason our mind isn't present in that conversation. So that's not the best coaching behaviour if you're not present. So please make sure you're listening, listening, listening. The third coaching behaviour is this idea of developing the strengths of each employee rather than just managing for results. So there's a bit of a shift. Well, there's a bit of a philosophy, I suppose, at the moment where people talk about uh, playing to people's strengths and making sure that you're capitalising on those strengths and not worrying so much about people's weaknesses because we all have them. Because if someone is exceptional at something, highly likely there's going to be another part of their role which they're not exceptional at. And so I suppose this, this is a philosophical question you need to answer for yourself. Do you believe in the idea of having a, a, a team around you where you've got people that excel in certain areas? And of course, there's going to be areas which they don't excel in. And of course, you've got to think about how you mitigate that. Or do you want a team of just average around you? Personally, I'm, I'm about let's find what people's strengths are, let's find what people's passions are, and then let's focus in on that. I don't think anyone can be an expert in everything. And I know personally where, as a, as a facilitator of leadership programs, I know that there's some types of programs I like to facilitate more and topics that I like to facilitate more and others which I'm not so keen on. I think that that's a recognition that there's some areas I'm stronger in. So I'd like you to think about that from your own perspective, but also a philosophical view, should you be focusing on the strengths or just sort of managing for results. The fourth coaching behaviour is this idea of endorsing effort and growth instead of pointing out failures or errors. So it's very easy when someone makes a mistake, say, oh, you did that wrong. And this is why you did it wrong. So I think that what we can do, which is a little bit more uh, positive than that, is say, well, really appreciate the effort there or the lessons that you learned. And focus on the, the effort that people are putting in the growth, the lessons that they're learning, the things that they're picking up as they go through things. Because if too often all we're doing is pointing out mistakes, that's not how you get the best out of your people. It's not how you get the best out of your people. So really endorse the the effort, appreciate the growth, and ask them what the lessons were that they learned. Coaching behavior number five is this idea of stop providing solutions. Too many times it's easy just to, someone comes to you with a problem and you say, okay, this is how we fix it. Now that is an easy way out. And one of the things that we can do is stop providing solutions we can start asking them what are your ideas what do you think would be a best way to fix this situation and ask them for their input it's highly likely they're probably going to have some pretty good ideas about how to fix the issue at hand and sometimes you might be surprised they might even come up with a better solution than you so don't always come up with solutions Behaviour number six is about stopping to make all the decisions. Now, as a leader, you don't have to have answers all the time. 
I think this has come up a couple of times actually in some of the interviews we've done so far where we ask about the biggest leadership myth and people have said the idea that you have to have all the answers and know everything. Well, I haven't actually come across a leader who does have all the answers or does know everything. I think the, the leaders that impress me the most are the ones that recognise this and, and try to build a team around them so the team has all the answers. So stop making all the decisions. Let them make some decisions based on the answers they come to and I think you'll find that the, the person you're coaching becomes far more engaged and will take ownership of the situation. The seventh coaching behaviour is this idea of being unconditionally constructive, no exceptions. So it doesn't matter what happens, we take the constructive perspective. You know, it's not about being patronising or critical. It's about understanding how you come across. So don't make any negative remarks. Phrase everything from a constructive angle. And the more you do this, the more you'll find that people want to work with you on finding the, the best way forward. So unconditionally constructive. And I suppose the eighth coaching behaviour and the final one is this idea that you make it clear to your employees what are they responsible for delivering, but give them the latitude to go about it their own way. You know, I, I often like to think about how I can share true and relevant stories. And I think, you know, the best way to illustrate this point is about creating an environment where people want to work with you and feel valued and respected. What we've been doing over the, the last few months with this podcast. The way this started is we had an idea that we wanted to launch a podcast and we wanted to interview leaders and we'd have some content episodes. But that was about as far as my idea went. And so I really needed to see what I could do within the, the Synergen team to create an environment where people wanted to you know, come on board with this idea of the podcast. And I was very, very lucky that Alison decided that this was for her and she has taken a lead on just about everything to do with the podcast. So all the cover artwork, all the recording software, everything we do is done the way Ali thinks it should be done. And I think well, what that does is between us, it creates a sense of ownership. I'm responsible for recording uh, either the interviews or the, or the content episodes like this one. And then Ali does all the magic behind the scenes. She's the one that makes the podcast what it is. So I think it's a, it's a really good example of why and how if you create the right sort of environment where people want to work with you, you're going to get something which is far beyond what you initially imagined as a leader. And I think that's a, that's a very important part of this idea of, you know, leader as coach. So I'll just quickly run through the, the eight again at high level just to, you know, to reinforce it. So number one was making coaching behaviours part of what you do. Number two was listen, listen, listen. Number three was focus on developing strengths of each person in your team rather than managing just for results. Number four was endorse effort and growth instead of pointing out failures or errors. Number five was stop providing solutions. Number six was stop making all the decisions. Number seven was be unconditionally constructive, no exceptions. And number eight was create an environment where people want to work with you and they feel valued and respected. So I think if you can put those eight coaching behaviours underneath the GROW coaching model, I think you'll find you'll be in a, in a really good place 
to really start being the, the, the best leader coach you can be. Now, I want to finish off with giving you some more questions. So I really want to make sure that you are fully armed to go into a coaching conversation and really get the desired result. And I did want to, I suppose, also mention that there's a couple of different perspectives you can take with the Grow Coaching Model, which is one of the reasons why I think it's so useful and so flexible. For example, you could do it around someone's career. You know, where do they want to go in your team? You know, what are their career aspirations? You could do it around poor performance. If someone in your team hasn't performed up to expectations, again, you can provide the grow coaching model. If someone's expressed that they want to learn something new, well, again, you could apply the grow coaching model framework to it. So I think you'll find that as you go through this framework, I think you'll find that you will be able to apply it in a lot of different situations. So let's give you just a... A few more questions for each of the each section so you got a bit more going to the coaching sessions with so a couple more goals questions what would you like to achieve out of this coaching session what would you like to discuss what's your goal for this session what's the goal that you want to work on today for you to feel this session is useful what do we need to have worked on today why are you hoping to achieve this goal what would be of real value to you you could even ask, how will you measure it? So there's a few more goal questions for you. I want to shift over to the reality side of things. So what's the situation right now? How is it affecting you? What's stopping you? Do you know other people who have achieved the goal that you're looking to achieve? What's your greatest challenge? What did you learn from this? On a scale of 1 to 10, how severe, serious, urgent is this? What's holding you back from finding a way forward? What support do you need? So again, a whole bunch of reality questions just designed to really give you more when you go into your coaching. Let's shoot over to the options. So what options have you considered? What are the pros and cons of a particular option? When do you need assistance and from whom? What are three different ways you could approach the situation? What could be your first step? Who else might be able to help? What would happen if you did that? Which option do you feel ready to act on? So again, another set of options questions, just to give you some more, and I'm going to finish up with some more will slash way forward questions. So what approach do you intend to use? What would happen if you did nothing? What specific steps would you take? How and when will you do that? How will you know when you've achieved it? What would happen if you don't do this? What can I do to support you? So just some more questions in terms of being fully armed when you go into your grow coaching model session. I do think it's a it's a really flexible and useful model and which you can take again. I'm going to re-emphasize that the, the applications of it are quite significant. So what I'd like you to do is shoot us through an email, julian at synergengroup.com.au. And what we'll do is we will send you some materials in a little A3 booklet, which we use when we're teaching this idea of GROW. And I think what that does is is give you, again, give you a great little uh, framework. You can print it off as many times as you want, and you can actually go forth and, and 
coach as much as you can. So send through that email. And look, I'll finish up once more by saying, look, if you could leave a review, that would be fantastic. We are really trying to increase awareness of the podcast. And we think that the more people that we can reach, the more people that we can give value to. And if you do have any requests, is there something you'd like me to cover in one of these content episodes, shoot me through a LinkedIn message, uh, just like Troy Buckley did from the the LinkedIn for Leaders episode. And I'll uh, endeavor to create a content episode for you. There's someone you might think might be interested in being interviewed. Again, send me through their details because we are really looking for a range of leaders, a range of different people that we can interview and, and you know take our leadership lessons from. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. So again, take the GROW model, go out, coach, the whole idea of the eight leadership behaviours which sit underneath it. You know, I think you're going to be in a great position to really get the most out of your teams by adopting that idea of leader, leader as coach. And there is, you know, one other point to raise just in passing is that, you know, you can apply this in your personal life as well. If you're looking at, you know, where you want to go in your your relationships with your finances and, you know, holidays and all those things, sit down, run a grow model session and, you know, with your kids, whatever it may be. And I think you'll find there's some applications there for you as well. So happy coaching and uh, stay tuned and love to hear what you think. So leave us a review and talk soon. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Synergy Leadership Podcast. I trust you found it interesting. A couple of things. If you could go online and leave a review of the podcast, that would be great. Really help us in uh, spreading awareness of the podcast. Happy for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find. And if you want to shoot me through an email, julian at synergygroup.com.au. See you next time.